Welcome to the Friday Night Smackdown Wrestling Inc. podcast. I am Alfred Kunawa, joined by our returning champion. She is the NYC Demon Diva herself, Isa. How's it going, Isa? I'm still coming at you via satellite, thanks to technology. <laughs> like Bailey said tonight, no, everything's going good. Still spending some quality family time, but there, there's nothing wrong with that, so... Yeah, no, absolutely. It's good to be there with the family. I'm sure you're aching to get back to New York, uh, back home. But uh, yeah. uh, good that um, that you're here with all of us today. I'm sure a lot of people would uh, need kind of some cheering up because we actually have some pretty uh, sad news to begin with. Uh, this breaking story that uh, broke up the last couple of hours recently. New Jack, otherwise known as Jerome Young, former ECW wrestler, legendary ECW wrestler, uh, has passed away at the age of 58. This was broken by PW Insider. So. New Jack actually kind of came back into the public eye in pro wrestling because he was one of the subjects of a Dark Side of the Ring last year. I don't know if you saw it, Issa, but I thought oh, I it was the funniest Dark Side of the Ring that they've done. I've seen it multiple times. It's one of my favorite episodes. And yeah. it's like they really kind of tried to play it to where it was a very serious, ominous, hard subject matters where they're talking about his hard drug use and all the crazy stories about New Jack over the years in wrestling. But New Jack's interviews were just so hilarious. He was so funny. It reminded me of like the, the Dave Chappelle, Rick uh, James speech or yeah. the Rick James sketch where it's all these crazy stories, but Rick James is just hilarious telling him. And New Jack was just so casual talking about his drug use and the narration of that show. They're just really serious. Like, oh, New Jack uh, struggled and was consumed <laughs> with drugs. And then they cut to New Jack talking about it, being high in the ring or something. He's like, so I was doing a little crack, all right? Just a little crack. And, I know. Pop up and he was just so funny. And I thought he was so good. He's so charismatic. And another thing I wanted to say about New Jack is not a lot of people, or at least not enough people, give him uh, the credit he deserves for being a pioneer of that death-defying stunt wrestling that we see even to this day. AEW's biggest star, Darby Allen, uh, essentially is becoming their biggest draw by killing himself, by doing things that New Jack was doing in the 90s. And New Jack I, was doing I, it before I, Darby. He's such a pioneer. You said it yeah. well. A hundred percent. Before Darby and Jeff Hardy and Shane McMahon, even New Jack had uh, just uh, those tremendous jumps off the balconies. So uh, not somebody that people are going to look at as this technical wrestler or anything, but he's a legendary, phenomenal, hardcore wrestler and one of the most legit tough guys that we've ever seen in pro wrestling. Yeah, um, I, it's, it's always sad, right? And he felt it was he's still young, in my opinion, for his age. That Dark Side of the Ring episode was so amazing and delightful especially the parts that he was interviewed uh but he is one of the best conversation starters when it comes to wrestling when that name comes on there's so many stories to tell about him and there will still be but you know thoughts and prayers to his family and friends it's just sad news all around Absolutely. You know, R.I.P. New Jack, uh, just a tremendous, you know, wrestling personality. And he's definitely going to be missed. This. So I like seeing people kind of give him the flowers now. And it's good that he was able to have a dark side of the ring and have people yes. really know his story before all this happened. And I um, felt like people were giving him his flowers back when that aired as well, because yes. people were just talking about memories and all that as the episode was airing. This is why I like these episodes, because, you know, especially when they're still alive, because you get to remember them at that at that moment. Now yeah. everybody's gonna go back and watch that episode again, and and that it was it was one of my favorites from that season. A hundred percent. No, this is you know terrible news. Uh, but R.I.P. New Jack uh, is legendary. You know, A.W. did tweet out about New Jack. I'm, I'm not sure if WWE did, but he is somebody that they should consider as like a WWE Hall of Fame candidate in terms of, right. you know, because they're, you know, quickly running out of people to induct and they're inducting a lot of people every year. But they need to really kind of consider the ECW wing of the Hall of Fame because I don't think too many ECW people have been in the Hall of Fame. And New Jack, I think, no, is somebody. Who... He's the OG of ECW. Like, he yeah. just based on that. Right. Agree. I agree with you on that. We'll see, because he's a little bit of a controversial figure as well. So, you know, they'll have to weigh it out and see. Yeah. Uh, so we'll um, keep our eyes out for that. But uh, we had SmackDown today, uh, Friday Night SmackDown. It is a go-home show for WrestleMania Backlash, which is this Sunday. We go into the opening segment, which, for usual, it's Roman Reigns coming out. Uh, but uh, he's with Jey Uso. And uh, this is one of my favorite things that happened on this show. Jey Uso has this T-shirt that says... Uh, left hand man 
or is it right hand man? Right hand man. Right hand man. And it's in this block text. And so Jimmy Uso comes down later to confront Roman Reigns and he looks exactly like Jay and it's the same t-shirt that he's wearing. So I don't think anything of it, but upon <laughs> second glance, the t-shirt says in big block letters, nobody's bitch. <laughs> they're spelling it and they are spelling it on the shop already. Yes, yes. <laughs> nobody's bitch t-shirts available on WWE shop. If you wear one and tweet it to me, you'll get a free super chat. I don't know. It, 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 it's amazing <laughs> that he's wearing this T-shirt. It's so petty. I love it so much because that's kind of the story that we're going with right now. And that Jay yeah. Uso is this really loyal, you know, road dog to Roman Reigns, and Jimmy is just being doubling down in the fact that he's nobody's bitch. He's not loyal to anybody. He wants him and his brothers to go off on their own. And I just like this right out of the jump, Visa. Oh, me as well. The problem is that I feel like I'm more invested into this Jimmy J and Roman thing than anything else going Bingo. into Backlash. That's the no. thing. I'm more invested into their storyline than any of the matches go, um, that are going on on Sunday. And I'm like, listen, I know that they're that good right now, but it's just like Cesaro just feels like such an afterthought in this whole thing. Like, I'm excited for them to move on from Cesaro and see the Usos feud and maybe unite. Like, I'm over here fantasy booking everything with them, not thinking yes. about what's going to happen on Sunday. Right here, right here, Issa. You're absolutely right. <laughs> A thousand percent. That was my takeaway from this show. Uh, yeah. uh, Jimmy Uso versus Roman Reigns. I don't know if WWE realized it, but on the go-home show for WrestleMania Backlash, they did a much better job building interest in that. This is a storyline yep. with Jimmy Uso these last two weeks has been phenomenal. And he's lapped Cesaro, ran circles around him as a babyface, as a promo, as a character. You've got the storyline between Jimmy and Jay where Jimmy's trying to get Jay yeah. back on his side. If Jimmy was to fight Roman Reigns at WrestleMania Backlash, then Jay's in this predicament where what's Jay going to do? That interests me much more than anything that Cesaro versus Reigns is going to give me. And as you said, the afterthought of Cesaro, that Jimmy Uso goes in there, he's got this great t-shirt. I'm immediately invested. He cuts a great promo. He talks about how Roman Reigns, uh, he is part of the family, but he's not the whole family. Uh, and that Jay and Jimmy, if they won the tag team titles, they'd be equal to Roman Reigns. So he's putting over those titles. He cuts this phenomenal promo. Cesaro comes out in this nice little suit. He says like one sentence, and then he leaves. And it's like, I don't want to see that guy. First of all, Cesaro came out to say, I just came out here to tell you I don't have time for this because I have a match. I'm like, you you literally interrupted to say I don't have time for this. Like, wait, what? You know? <laughs> but I got to say, as much as I love everything that Jimmy Uso did, I felt that the two promos that Roman cut right before Jimmy Uso came out and the promo that he cut on Jimmy Uso where Chef Kiss Beautiful, right? When he's comparing his attributes to what Cesaro has done, and he's like, he don't even deserve this title shot. Let's move right on. And, he, and then he moves on, which Roman is so good at his job that he is even making Cesaro an afterthought. Like, this doesn't even matter to me right yeah. now, right? But when Jimmy Uso said, if we win the titles and you drop that, we become head of the tables, and Roman just snapped. And he did that thing that he does not very often where he starts screaming. So it feels like a big deal when he yells, right? Because he doesn't do it very often. He's like, that is not how it works. And I'm like, tell me how it works, Robert. Like, <laughs> I was all in. It was such a good promo. And I felt like everybody was making very, very good points, right? Like, that's why you're so invested. You feel like Roman's making a good point. Seeing Jay being in between them is so good. And Jimmy is also making good points. So listen, it was it was an excellent opening segment, in my opinion. Yeah, this is, I mean, it is, it's crazy that they're just doing such a good job with Jimmy, and even up to the last segment, you know, the final segment, yeah, they put Cesaro over at the very end, but all the stuff they did with that match, you know, they yeah. don't let Cesaro win, I and mean, he's already a huge underdog in this match, there's no way he's winning, I mean, nobody's giving him a chance in this How match. How sad is it to be Cesaro and be looked at as an underdog, to look yeah. like Cesaro and you're the underdog, that's insane to me. <laughs> I know, but I mean, that is the reality of it. And he right. hasn't really, done, they haven't done anything with him. They haven't had him win matches. Everything's a disqualification. He got another win over Seth Rollins, but then a DQ with Jey Uso, right. a DQ tonight with Jimmy Uso that we'll get into. And by the end of the show, I mean, even the promos they cut, they let Cesaro cut a backstage promo. It was fine. Yeah. Jimmy cuts a promo right before he goes out to face Cesaro. And I'm watching this match like, man, if they could just call an audible and just say that the winner of this match gets Roman Reigns and have Jimmy Uso win, right? I would not complain about it. Just, Switch this up. This is not the storyline I want to see uh, in Cesaro versus Roman Reigns. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And I also, um, I am so happy of them doing a good job with Jimmy because I feel like, oh my God, they did such a good job at building Jay that is Jimmy going to be left behind when he comes back? But no, he jumped right into the middle of it and he became as important as the other two in two weeks. 
So listen, props to, I mean, imagine if creative actually worked put some effort into raw right but listen we don't cover raw we don't do that around here so, <laughs> but i'm just saying like i was so happy because i was just concerned that jimmy Uso was going to be left behind because we are so invested into roman and jay but they didn't do that so i yeah. i i gotta i'm critical of them but sometimes you gotta give them credit too and this is one of those times absolutely the only person left behind is cesaro so uh but you know, <laughs> he's gonna have his match and we're gonna Watch it. I mean, I just, you know, it's not all his fault that he's not, you know, hot right now. But I mean, Jimmy Uso is just such a more dynamic character. And I just think there's so much more potential there. Listen, um, I think that Money in the Bank's coming up. Apparently, there might be a King of the Ring tournament. So Cesaro, he has other things to do later on, right. you know? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we get to the first match of the evening. This is Natalia and Tamina versus Nia and Shayna. Did you know, Issa? That Tamina has never won a major title in WWE. Did you know that? Yes. If that didn't give away the finish, I don't know what did. Like, come on, stop. We all know. Yeah, like keep calling yourselves out on your bullshit. I'm sorry, but you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> like come on, bro. No, like, yeah, we, we know that you have not acknowledged her. No pun intended. For the last however years she's been there, like this was a overall feel good moment because we're all waiting for Tamina to finally get that moment and it happened, you know? So, but it was like a way to make it so predictable because yeah. Shayna and Naya have, have had so a long run, like it was underwhelming, but they had those belts for a while. So it's not, I don't go into their matches thinking they're gonna lose because guess what? They keep winning, right? But as soon as they've been making that the narrative, even on their social media, I was like, all right, they're gonna make it happen. They are, and and they did, and good for Tamina, good for her, man. Oh yeah, absolutely, and they did. Yeah, they just hit you over the head with that caveat about Tamina, and all it did is kind of kind of frustrated me uh, because that is a story that you tell over the course of weeks over the course of months maybe um this story about tamina this is like a legacy story that she's been with WWE for over a decade uh, and she's now just getting to her first title shot and you're trying to squeeze that story into two segments not two days or two hours or two weeks two segments they crammed the story like we didn't even get a video package of her journey leading up to this you know what you know? happened, right? Like she was yeah. backstage and they were like, all right, you guys are going second tag team title match. And then Tamina was like, hey, do you guys think I can win this time? I've never won a title. And they were like, oh shit, you never won a title. Okay, all right. Let's change the finish real quick. That's exactly how we must have gone because yes. they didn't they didn't make a big deal about it before. And she had title shots before. And she was, uh, was it Bailey? She had a really good program, one-on-one -on -one program. They yes. didn't talk about it then, like all the sudden now you want to talk about it. I think it was because that clip of her, I don't know if you caught it going viral on social media, sure. speaking about how much she sacrificed for this business and she oh, never yes. won a title and how, you know, and I feel like we all quoted and retweeted that thinking like, that's kind of sad, you know, because she's been here, you know, she's away from her kids and her family. She talked about it. So I feel like maybe that clip going viral, maybe like, got the light bulbs going when they saw how positive people were reacting to it. I also did see a lot of the women putting both Natalia and Tamina over in interviews. Bailey just like spoke really good things about them. So it just makes me think like, listen, I know that Nia Jax wrestled at WrestleMania 35 with both of her knees really bad just, to, just so Tamina will have a partner to have a match at WrestleMania. So I feel like all of the women's division is behind this moment happening. And that after promo, like it just felt so real. It was a really good feel, like feel good moment. Yeah. One thing that I have to say is that they fucking missed the finish. I'm sorry, I keep cursing tonight. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you caught it, but Super the camera. No, nobody caught it. Nobody heard it. <laughs> but the camera freaking missed the the, the her finishing move. Yes. Yes. So the splash. Yeah, yeah, thank they, you. I forgot the name. The Superfly Splash. Yeah, they they missed it. I'm like, okay, great. Her she finally gets her moment, and you missed that. Like, yeah. ugh. Yeah, exactly. After they built it up so much, this is pretty much the story of the match. I mean, they're talking about it when she's in the match, when she's out of the match. Uh, the finish basically came with uh, Nia Jax giving Natalia a Samoan splash. And as she was on her back, uh, Tamina immediately leaped onto Nia Jax. At some point in this match, right before the finish, Natalia gave Tina Baszler just a wicked-looking German suplex on the outside just four what? days. I know. Humberto Carrillo survived an injury scare from Sheamus. They go right back to it. And that looked every bit as dangerous. So I hope Shayna Baszler is okay because that looked nasty. 
Yeah, I did. Yeah. But, I was, yeah, I was like, holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> but no, good for Tamina. This was a good moment. I'm glad they're invested. I like hearing stories like this. It's just, uh, it just seemed like they were overcompensating. And that clip you're talking about, I didn't even get to see. I don't even know if they aired that on TV. That would have been perfect for something to air before this match. It was. It was but like a podcast. It was like a podcast interview. It wasn't something WWE television. Oh, I see. But I remember seeing it, and it was right before WrestleMania. So that's what I thought they were going to do it at WrestleMania. Um, but regardless, it was just, it was such a good moment. Their after promo felt great. Yes. Um, both of them, like the, the, the veterans that are never utilized correctly, both of them being, you know, in, in a family of wrestling, like it will, it just, I don't know. It felt right. Something about it felt right. We'll see what kind of rain they get. But if this leads to Shayna Baszler turning on Nia and becoming single stars again and becoming the badass that she is. That I'm here for them. Let let Tamina and Natalia keep the title so that we can get Shayna Baszler back to where she belongs. Right. Unfortunately, I think they're going to put Shayna Baszler <laughs> with Alexa Bliss, and that is going to be death. So I, I hope they keep them apart. Uh, what but are yeah, you saying? I mean, no. remember on Raw, her legs were all no, wobbly I, because Alexa Bliss wait. was just doing her voodoo. But uh, don't you put that evil on me, okay? <laughs> No. <laughs> Do we have a, a tape delay that we can use so that we can get, get rid of that on the podcast? <laughs> but no, that's what my fear is. But no, you're right. They're probably going to do a split angle too with her and Naya. They've been teasing friction a lot. And Tamina and Natalia have been built up as a pretty strong tag team, especially leading up to WrestleMania. And I just feel like WWE seems blown away by, I mean, I remember WrestleMania. I tweeted this out. The first hour, the person who got the biggest reaction was Tamina. I mean, that yeah. place went crazy for her. I don't know uh, what it was, but it's just all connected to where people are going crazy and chanting for Tamina and WWE's taking notice of that and really kind of run with her. So it's good to see her get the shot right now. Yeah, I'm 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 so happy for her. And it was it was a nice feel-good moment. And listen, I know that a lot of times titles means a lot to the talent and maybe the, the backstage creative system as props. The way that I see it, if, if it's just a props, why can't you give someone the flowers that they deserve, whether it's a yeah. long run or a short title run? I'm so glad that she got that moment and and listen natty looks good too and i feel like natty is doing okay in this role you know natty always feels like so out of place in other fields sometimes because i don't i don't understand her <laughs> a lot of yeah. the times but here they just go together they have so much in common if you really think about it it just they make sense as a tag team if you're gonna pair two singles together make it make sense and with these two women it does i i i believe in in their tacting i think they could be badass let's see where it goes yeah, and Natalia was great. She was tearing up at the end uh, when yeah. they were cutting that promo. That was really cool to see. So, um, you know, good for them. Good for them for winning those. And you know what? A, a, a part that they're kind of weird with age when it comes to women WWE, but the fact that, you know, Tamina is a 43-year-old mother winning these titles could have been something that they could have easily just subtly put in there and really gotten a lot of people into this, like, more human element of their storyline. She's amazing. Now we just need um, the Usos to win the tag titles and then they yeah. can all get together with Roman and they all have gold and that would be an amazing family uh, stable. It's coming. It's kind of, I can feel it. The Usos are going to get I those <laughs> So we go to Apollo Crews, uh, a Nigerian medal ceremony. You've got Commander Aziz standing on a box-like structure. Uh, that is painted <laughs> like the flag. <laughs> I thought you'd catch that. I see what you did. <laughs> you can't call him a box. It's a box-like structure that he's standing on, and he's going to be honored. It's very similar to that Rusev segment that really got him yeah. over huge, uh, where yeah. he got the key to the city of Bulgaria. So uh, Commander Aziz is standing there, and Apollo Crews is cutting this promo, calling uh, you know, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Nats, and he's saying that uh, he wants to award Commander Aziz the medal. He's going to be the Intercontinental Champion forever. Uh, Big E interrupts, and he compares the ceremony to when Macklemore won the Grammy, which just brought up such fresh wounds. I forgot how much I'm not over that, that Kendrick Lamar's a Mad City, Good Kid Mad City, was robbed of a Grammy uh, against Macklemore, I believe, for Album of the Year. Uh, so Big E brought that up, and then it led to a brawl where Zayn came out, Owens came out, Big E came out. They all brawled. Uh, Big E was trying to get his hands on Apollo Crews, and Commander Aziz just snatched him away like a baby, just kind of held him up away from Apollo Crews, uh, which is great. Um, so it looks like we're building up, and they did announce this on the show, Issa, a fatal four-way match for the Intercontinental title. It's going to be Apollo Crews, Sami Zayn, um, Kevin Owens, and uh, Big E for the uh, Intercontinental Championship. Is that a backlash? 
I believe it's at WrestleMania Backlash. Yeah, that's the match they made. No, 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 Alfred. We call it Backlash. We oh, Backlash. Not. Okay, no WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> we're thinking old school. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We're OGs, okay? All right. So, basically, first of all, we need to stand that giant on the box-like structure. Like, like, like he's not big enough already. How did He made Apollo, who is not a small dude, look like a child next to him when he was standing on that thing, right? Also thought of the Rusex. Rusev segment. You just brought that up. That's exactly what I thought about when I saw this. And I was like, good week to pay homage to Miro, who just won his first title in AEW, right? Yeah. Um, but overall, listen, I'm excited. These are good competitors. And if I said I do not want to see Biggie and Apollo in a singles match anymore. And they found a way around it. And I feel like we all win because anybody could win that title that night and the match is going to be good and you'll be happy with the result for any of those guys. So why not? Let's go. I love multi-man matches for the Intercontinental title or the U.S. title. They would have they put a ladder in the middle, then they would have been even happier. But okay, I'll take the fatal four away. <laughs> yeah, no, I would love a ladder match between those four. I think yeah. that would be phenomenal. Um, Incredible. And you're right. There was those angles that they were showing where they would cut to the side when Apollo Crews is cutting the rubble. So you don't see him standing on a box. So he looks like he's nine. <laughs> I know. And Apollo's at like his knees. So that's a very funny visual. <laughs> it was. It was. I was like, is that really necessary? Like, we know this guy's a giant already. Also, what is it with people and their ginormous bodyguards? Now, like, yeah, I saw a picture of Jinder Mahal. He came back and he dropped the Bollywood boys for some two yeah. big dudes, too. I'm like, yeah, damn, yeah. <laughs> this is what this man does when the ratings are like lower and business is down a little bit in terms of the live gate and whatnot. He just goes back to the Giants. And so, I mean, there's almost there's Braun Strowman, there's just yeah. all kinds of guys on TV now. Feels very old school, right? Like, remember Definitely. when everybody that we saw was a giant, it's feeling yeah. that way. Like, super good segment, it's excited for the match. Yeah, yeah, and I, I very much enjoy this Apollo Cruz character. He just—he's clearly got a handle on it. I think he's very comfortable playing this character, and he, I think he's doing a very good job, all things considered. This is the best he's looked. You can tell that this is a character that he's comfortable playing. As much as he smiled before, I don't think that was him. Here, yeah. it, it feels like we're getting him. I know that a lot of people are going back and forth online about the accent. I don't care whether he has an accent or not. He's comfortable playing this guy, and I'm glad that they finally turned him heel, and I still want a connection between his conversation with Roman Reigns and this, the character that he is right now. I want at some point for that to intertwine backstage or something, because I'll never forget how they show him like asking Roman for advice, and they never went anywhere with it, but then he turned heel after that. So, yeah. you know, I want to know what, what was said in that conversation. This is one of yeah. those unsolved wrestling mysteries that we'll never, we'll never I know, know. that we just moved on from, but yeah, I would yeah. like to see some resolution to Apollo Crews getting together with Roman Reigns somehow, especially if the Usos end up going off doing their own thing. It's going to sit back there with who threw the pie at Kevin Owens' face, what was in Vince McMahon's box. Like, there's so many mysteries that we'll never find out. This is one of them. Yeah. And and let me say about the act, like Apollo Crews, like clearly is from like a Nigerian upbringing. He does this accent yeah. a lot of justice in terms of he, he, he does it very well. And he speaks the way a lot of African people speak, like saying gnats is a very African thing in that. Like my parents would call everything, yeah. like whether they were fleas, mosquitoes or bees, they were always gnats. So he's the gnats thing got me. And then also that thing that he does where he goes, hey, hey. That that's a yeah. very that's the yeah. best African thing to do. So he does a lot of little African things that I that I think play nuances to this character and make it very believable. Yeah, I have a coworker in New York who I met her, like, I think it was like a year in moving from Nigeria and her accent. Like, I feel like depending on where people are in their journey, they speak completely differently. And that's coming from someone with an accent. I don't sound New York and I don't sound Puerto Rican anymore. I, I'm somewhere in limbo because of how many years I've been here and there. You know what I mean? Same with what I speak Spanish. So I'm like, as long as he, I, I feel like he gets it. I, I personally feel like he's doing a good job with it. I'm just tired of people like spending their time arguing about that because it's like you're missing out on the really good work that he's doing, how much he's growing as a character and how confident he is. So let's just like, let's move on from it and let's really pay attention to what he's doing because he's doing some amazing stuff out there. And like you said, I always talk about some things are for a certain target audience. It might not work for you, but somebody else is sitting at home laughing at the references that he's making. So let's, yes. let, let it be. You know what I mean? Absolutely. No, very well said, Isa. 
And um, we go on from this brawl to uh, Dolph uh, Ziggler versus Rey Mysterio. So this is a match that was promised last week, but they did a bait and switch, and that was disappointing. But they had the match this week, and it was very good. I very much like what they did in this match. They, the story of this match was basically uh, Dolph Ziggler blocking or fending off the 619. One time he hit a super kick. But then the finisher, finish came out of nowhere where uh, Ziggler goes for a body slam. He just gets rolled up, and Rey Mysterio wins. Uh, yeah, but did you know that we never have had a father-son tag team champion <laughs> in wrestling? It is not. The breaking news on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Uh, we go to our correspondent, Isa. More on the story, Isa. I'm just saying, you already know the writing's on the wall for this weekend. And I just hate when they do that. I wish they would just let it happen. And then when they win it, announce it. And you'll be like, oh, shit, I didn't know that. What a what cool, awesome ritual. You know what I mean? Um. I'm ready for them to move on. And I have a bad feeling that if Ray and Dominic do win, then the feud will go on longer because then the dirty dogs are going to come back, you know, to try to get the titles back. That being said, these guys are also talented. Well, maybe not Dominic, but he's getting there, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> he's getting there. So it, it's, they're fun to watch. And I'm just glad to see Bobby Roode on TV some kind of way. I've always been a big fan of his. So if being, pairing up with Sigler is what gets him on TV. Good for him. I, I'm not a big fan of the Mysterios, but I am here for the father-son storyline. And then I want them to turn on each other, and I want them to go in and have a feud. And maybe Dominic can be who retires like Ray. Like, I think there's right. so much there's so much to be told between those two. And I think it does start with them winning the tag titles together. And I have a feeling we might see that happen on Sunday. Certainly. And we're getting a couple of super chats. First, uh, a correction. Uh, the Fatal 4-Way is next Friday. It's not a backlash. So look at that. You <laughs> make a mistake and you make some money. This is failing upwards. So I'll just have to keep... Damn. Uh, Apollo okay. Crews is the United States champion, ladies and gentlemen. If you would like to correct me, send 4 99 But that was Jax Callens, friend of the show. Love Jax. <laughs> <laughs> and our next super chat, Willie B. Hardigan. A pretty solid show overall. Cesaro getting momentum. I got toward the end he did, but you know, as we discuss and as we will discuss uh, toward the show, I mean, I thought Jimmy Uso had all the momentum on on the show. He was, I think, he was the yeah. star of the show. Yeah. Uh, backstage, what do you think about this new nickname for Dominic? He's going to call himself the Baby Champ. <laughs> I, I, do we? Uh, is everybody aware that he is not a child? <laughs> like, do we yeah. know that he is not a child? Why do they do this to him? I can't. I can't. Whatever. He can call him. He should call himself Baby Guerrero if he wants to go there. Sure, sure. That'd be good. Pay a little honor to his uncle or to his dad or whatever his story. Dad. His dad. Yes, yes. He was storyline father. <laughs> but before that, we got a Cesaro promo. So this is what we were talking about. He cuts a promo saying, I, when he cut the WWE, he said, I think I can. Now he knows he can. You know, list very limited. Fine promo. Listen, I didn't think it was bad, especially for Cesaro, but I mean, he was just so outclassed on this show um, by Jimmy Uso. Um, uh, but listen, we're getting Cesaro. I'm, it's going to be a good main event. If for nothing oh, else, it's be a good wrestling main event. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna kick ass. We have another super chat. Bianca and Bailey feud lacks a stronger build. Yeah, we're gonna get into that. Is that the next segment that we had? No, no, we got a couple. Uh, I believe before we get to Bianca Bailey. No, no, Bianca Bailey was the next segment. So yeah, this was a very basic segment. I thought uh, they did a very good job. You know, they just kind of back and forth. It was kind of weird because Bailey was at an undisclosed location. So it seemed like this was going to build to where she was because Bianca's like, where are you at, Bailey? Tell me where you are. And she goes, oh, it's none of your business. And then she just ends up doing her thing. And it's a basic thing that does not, it's kind of deflating to me. Um, what did you think about the interaction between Bianca Belair and Bailey? I'm very happy to be seeing Bailey back on my TV. I missed her, and I, you know, I was a big advocate of why didn't you have a match at WrestleMania and this and that. Um, outside of it, that it could have been done face to face, like you said, like the whole her being in a different location was weird. I like seeing the pissed off Bailey when Bianca called her out mm -hmm. about, you know, you were you were getting kicked beat up by the Bellas while I was main eventing. Great burn. But even greater was seeing Bailey switch from laughing and being sarcastic and stupid to, oh, excuse me, like, did you forget who I am? Like, I love that. I think that's the best that she's looked because I, I have loved Bailey as a heel and I have loved her in this field, but it's like, you feuded with Bianca for a couple of months before, so I need to see a, a, a different a different you and a different Bianca for this. Like, Bianca feuded with Bailey trying to prove that she belonged in the main in, in the main roster, right? Mm -hmm. Now she proved that she did. And so what why are we fighting about now? You know what I mean? And yeah. I like seeing that side of Bailey. 
That being said, like you said, it could have been done face to face or it could have been done when they were both backstage. But I'm here for Bianca getting her full entrance and getting to feel like the big star that they need to build her up to be. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is also going to be a good match. Um, I, I think that uh, it was a good thing that Bailey got physicality. Of, I think it was last week they had a segment where Bailey laid out Bianca. And yeah. so it's good that uh, they're kind of building to a more serious tone for this feud. But I, it just, I don't think a lot of people are going to be convinced that Bailey is going to beat Bianca because it's very early for Bianca in this title run. And this feels like something that's going to be a long time in her title run. So Bailey is, it's a good challenger for Bianca. I good mean, win like, for her to we get. We could always get a Sasha running or it could be a DQ. You know what sure. I mean? Like it could go down that way, but I feel like both title matches at, for SmackDown, for Backlash, I feel like while predictable, I'm here to watch the matches itself because the people involved in them are so good that we're going to get good matches. But I feel like unless something crazy happens, it's very predictable on the SmackDown side. Not so much on the Raw side, but SmackDown feels very predictable for the main titles. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Shinsuke versus, well, this was not predictable at all in terms of everything that <laughs> happened in this segment. I didn't know what I was watching here. But Shinsuke Nakamura versus Baron Corbin. Uh, this was, you know, it was a fine match. I think Baron Corbin and Shinsuke have very good chemistry together. Uh, some of Baron's best matches have come against Shinsuke, but I yes. mean, this one was more of a Baron Corbin pace, but I think these two work well together. They hit very hard. Uh, Baron's doing this new thing where he keeps saying, like, I'm the toughest guy on a $40,000 watch, and Pat McAfee was really putting this over. So I think they're kind of changing Baron Corbin's character away from this king thing, uh, especially as this finish, because Baron Corbin beat Shinsuke clean with his finish. Shinsuke attacks him after the match. Shinsuke takes his helmet and, I mean, his king crown and makes a big spectacle out of putting it on. Like a, I mean, Shinsuke is so charismatic that he's just taking his own sweet time putting this on. It's like the Lion King, and he's just making it seem like a <laughs> Like Thanos, like he's giving him powers, and he's just I got the facial. Like <laughs> it was incredible. Uh, so I love and they come back from commercial, and he's looking at himself in the mirror with the crown on. <laughs> what did you think? Take, take it away, Isa. I love to hear oh your thoughts. Oh my god, I love this so much. Okay, first of all, I love their matches. You're absolutely right; they work so well together. Second of all, when are we going to start making a thing about nobody kicks out at the end of days? Because that is yeah. the most protected move in WWE. Nobody has kicked out of that move. And eventually it needs to become a thing. Especially if he's going to keep racking wins with it. Like start mentioning it on commentary. Because every time Baron Corbin is on a one-on-one, -on -one, I'm like, yeah. If Chinsky is one of my favorites. And I'm like, he's not winning. So I'm glad that they did something with him at the end. Because I was like, really? He's not in an important field. He's not doing anything. And as soon as he came back, I was like, beat him up some more, Chinsky. So he did. <laughs> But when he went from the crowd, I think for the crowd, I might have had like tears in my eyes because I have uh, flashbacks of his entrances at Wrestle Kingdom with the big crown and the yeah. cape. And I'm like, bring that shit because he already has the cape. So all he needs is the crown. And is this a King of the Ring tease? Are we going to do a new King of the Ring? Because it's about time that Baron Corbin drops the, the crown. So I don't know if that's what they're teasing, but whether it is King of Strong style comeback or King of the Ring. I'm here for all of that together. So I was happy for Shinsuke. It's so effing extra, man. Like the way that he just made that happen. Even the even the announcers were like, I don't know what I'm watching here. And I'm like, you're yeah. watching, you're watching greatness. <laughs> Let it happen. <laughs> awesome yeah. moment for Shinsuke. I was very surprised he lost this match, to be honest, because it looks like he's the next one they're building up, either him and maybe Seth Rollins, for Roman Reigns. Uh, and he's been calling out Roman Reigns on television, and so I thought Shinsuke was going to win this match. But, yeah, it does seem like they might be building toward a King of the Ring-type setup, so we'll see what happens. They're definitely doing something storyline-wise with this crown, though. He, uh, <laughs> Hopefully they don't forget about this, because it seems – I mean, he, he's well, making that crown – just the way he looks at the crown is makes it seem more important than, than when Baron Corbin has had it the last two years. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, they might forget about it, but Shinsuke's not going to forget about it. He's going to come out with that thing on for – for the next few weeks, I guarantee you that. <laughs> Absolutely. We got Nathaniel Cook, friend of the show. He says, I know they won't do it because creative is horrible, but Reigns versus Jimmy Uso and Lashley versus Brock would be gold for SummerSlam. Uso's killing it. No, I agree. I mean, the Uso's yeah. are uh, I mean, I really do hope that they just continue on. 
uh, with the storyline with Jay. Um, the good thing coming out of this that we're not immediately getting Jay versus uh, Roman Re- or Jimmy versus Roman Reigns is that now they can continue telling the story. And there's just so many things that I want to see from Jimmy and uh, Roman Reigns, whatever they do with them, but also the Usos. I want to see the Usos. They feel like the hottest tag team, even though they haven't even wrestled a tag team match back. I can't wait. That's something that could be very interesting in terms of a main event where the Usos reunited after 14 months. Like, yes. uh, getting really excited. I- I need to see them against the three profits. Like, need oh. to. <laughs> oh, God. That will be the highest, like, accumulated air in a match. <laughs> They'll do, like, one of those charts where they'll show them jumping and showing, like, the streaks of just, like, <laughs> oh, it would be amazing. Uh, yeah. We've got stellar Justin Lopez, friend of the show. He says, Bailey's last win was Liv Morgan in February. And get this, she's only wrestled once since then. That's insanity. One of the big mysteries of pro wrestling when we're looking back and like this time next year or maybe five years from now during WrestleMania season, you'll just look back and like, oh, let's see what Bailey's record was at WrestleMania or whatever. And you'll just see that she straight up was not on a WrestleMania where she was perfectly healthy. That ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's insane. But listen, I'm just glad to see her back on my TV. For a while, I was like, is she injured? And they're just not telling us that she is. Because it didn't make sense to me that she went from that to not being seen at all. Yeah. Well, this one's for you, Isa. I'll, I'll let you take this one. Even Vankenhoff for one ninety nine says Shinsuke needs to lay his stuff in. Looks weak. I don't think Shinsuke's look weak. I think he was looking weak for a little bit, but I think after that gauntlet match, I don't think he's looked horrible. Right. Um. At the same time, I do agree that he could be booked um better, but I think that Shinsuke's matches are depending on who his opponent is. Unfortunately, you can tell when he's really invested and when he's not invested, yep. or maybe maybe. He's such a different style that it doesn't translate right and it doesn't look the best. But I do think he has good in-ring chemistry with Baron Corbin. I have fun watching them wrestle each other. He put on some amazing matches in recent months against Daniel Bryan, against Cesaro. So I just I don't think he's looking weak. I think they could do better creatively, but I think Shinsuke is one of the best. They have most one of the most underutilized too. Yeah, and I think he was also talking about just like how he hits in terms of strong style, yeah. which if you compare that to what he was doing in Japan, like you were talking about his yeah. run in New Japan. I mean, that Shinsuke is one of the best wrestlers I've ever seen. And I mean, one of the hardest hitting well, wrestlers. And they just do it completely different in New Japan. So if you compare this WWE uh, Shinsuke to the New Japan Shinsuke, of, of course it's not going to look as physical. And 1,000 per second, that's what I'm hoping the powers that he got put in that crown back were that king of strong style <laughs> yeah. powers because that's that's all I could think about when he got so like he made that look so ridiculously good. Like I can't. Hopefully, um, Ivan. Hopefully, he goes back to that now that he has his powers back. We'll see. That would be funny. I, that's what I want the storyline to be now. That he he gets a strong style crown, and as long <laughs> as he's wearing that crown, he gets to shoot on everybody. Like like the story of every match is just him actually legit shooting on people until we get the crown off. Then <laughs> to go back to work. I want to say yeah, hitting people. <laughs> No, and then the crowd, like, somebody steals it and they put it on and then they get powers too and they go from oh, yeah. jobber. They go from jobber to main event. Like, oh my God, let's oh. make it happen. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I want to see this. Like, you can give it to Finn Balor and he becomes a demon while he has the crown. This is like, like, like a championship, you know? Yes, I would love that actually. <laughs> Oh, man, this is good booking of the crown. See, I hope they listen to this part of the podcast. Maybe not the Shayna Baszler or Alexa Bliss. Uh, Barney, Barney, wait for it. Wrestling for five pounds. Wow, thank you, Barney. Issa, given you are the world's biggest Roman fan, no debate, thoughts on his promo and match against Cena at No Mercy a few years back. Was he ready? Uh, I would love to see a run back of that with this Roman Reigns. I think he was ready. I thought that Roman had a few good hits you know in his promo but Cena definitely owned him like we you know I'm just because I'm his biggest fan I'm not gonna sit here and be in denial I thought that a few of the things that Roman said to him like when Roman was like you came here to call me out Cena he didn't go after Cena like I love those points that he made but Cena owned him on the mic and I would love to see this Roman Reigns go toe-to-toe to John Cena now I wish they would have not done it Barney if you want me to be honest because I would yeah. love it now I, I would. I, I want to erase it from memory with my little men in black thingy, so that way we can get <laughs> these Roman Reigns against John Cena because it would be so much better. I feel like now he could really go at it with John Cena on the mic because yeah. we know he can, we know he can on the ring, but back then on the mic, no, he wasn't confident in his character like he is now. 
Yeah, yeah. And uh, that match that they had was a very, very good match. It was just kind yeah. of out of nowhere. It was at no mercy. And the only thing people remember about this whole storyline was that one promo exchange they had where, yeah, Roman Reigns did get a little lost and then Cena called him out on it. Uh, so that was a memorable thing that stood out, unfortunately. But I would absolutely love to see the heel Roman Reigns face off against Cena. I think that'd be great. <laughs> Do you think we'll get like a, a The Rock little... Uh burn like go hang out with my cousin over there where you oh, you see yeah i think it's stuff yeah. like that personal i love that <laughs> jack callens for 4.99 he says cesaro wins at back crap <laughs> has little party as champ roman Re regains money in the bank uh because it's vince booking isa don't kill me man so he's fantasy booking uh roman reigns to drop that title what, what do you think i think it's past your bedtime jack oh. like what is that <laughs> <laughs> no way, no way. Cesaro didn't even feel like like he was main eventing this pay per view. He was he was an afterthought today. I'm sorry, he was. And he's he's too tall for the last two weeks, which always means you're not winning at the pay per view. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> So we have a backstage segment. This is where they announce that uh, Fatal 4-Way for the IC title. And they're doing more of this stuff with Sonya Deville undermining Adam Pierce. He even said to her, you know, don't ever undermine me when people are around. So it looks like they're going to push Adam Pierce out and Sonya Deville is going to be this really corrupt, uh, you know, kind of authority figure who on Monday nights is helping uh, Charlotte Flair do dirty. And then I don't know on Fridays who she's going to be kind of uh, assigning, but it looks like they're really building Sonya Deville to be the next authority figure. I thought maybe they would split them and have one of them on SmackDown and one of them on Raw. I, I thought maybe, I like your idea as well, but I don't think that Adam Pierce is going anywhere. Or maybe he is because supposedly he just got promoted to that um it's kind of like on the road job and yeah they're, they're about to go back on the road so maybe yeah. they're winking him out and making sonia the build the person because he's about to be traveling but she does she has to travel too but he's in charge of live events so that's that's yes. a whole different thing to be an authority figure on tv at the same time i don't know if that's easy if that's the case i wouldn't mind sonia the bill you know being this evil uh character i just don't want it to get to authority but when it's not a mcmahon it works better so let's see where it goes yeah, yeah, and that's a very good point. Yeah, maybe that is exactly what it is, as you said, in terms of him going back on the road, so they need to just get a fresh face out there. Yeah. We have the uh, promo this week from Alistair Black. It's another animation talking about Trial by Fire. Uh, a lot of mentions of that father character. Uh, he's saying that he's cut from steel, you're made from dirt. He's saying you're not a participant, you're a spectator. So talking a lot POV to, to whoever he's talking to. Uh, but consider this, Issa. Do you think that father is Zelina Vega. Maybe. I mean, there's some rumors out there, right? And she's a good manager, so why not? Why not? I just, I want it. I'm happy to see him back on my TV, right? But it feels very come knock on my door, like, and yes. that didn't go anywhere with him. So it's just like, so instead of knock on my door, now he's just reading these tales, unless this leads to Selena coming back and him getting back in the ring and kicking ass, I'm afraid of them going nowhere with him because they've done that to him already so many times that, listen, I hate to say it like this because it's also with The Fiend. There's so many people that they try something new and because they ruin so many things, you just get so afraid that it's very hard to get invested yeah. because you're like, yeah, this is going to go nowhere. You know what I mean? If it's Selena Vega, I'm here for it. Or if it leads to an awesome feud against someone and then from there on, he continues on to wrestle. But it just feels so like that weird promos, come knock on my door, come knock on my door thing that yeah. he did in the beginning. So I'm a little bit eh, about it. It's Hopefully exactly, you're yeah. right. I like, I like your idea. We'll see. Yeah, we will. And it's exactly like that. I mean, I don't know he, what he's saying is fine. I think he talks well. I think he does cut a good promo in terms of how he talks. But the subject matter, like, what's the end game here? He's just kind of talking in circles. I don't know who he's mad at. I don't know what his goal is. He just keeps, you know, kind of going around in circles. So I don't know what he's going for. But I think it would really spice it up if his real-life wife, though, Selena Vega, we can get in this story really quickly right now. There are rumors, as you said, that Selena Vega is uh, negotiating to possibly return to WWE after she left the company due to that third-party uh, edict that they had. But uh, she, according to Fightful Select, uh, is reportedly in talks to return to WWE. So we'll see what happens there. 
And I mean, that would, you know, that'd be very interesting. I would be interested in Alistair Black if he was with Selena Vega. And that's more than I could say, unfortunately, for now, you know, hopefully he comes according, back. To according to Raj, too, Raj, Raj mentioned that on a Raw podcast we did weeks ago. So maybe Raj, yes, Raj has been on this story for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he just was quiet about it because I remember one of the Raw podcasts that we did, he mentioned that she was definitely coming back. Um, I just hope that. First of all, the way that she was let go and the rumors and, and, and reasons why seems so unfair at the time that I'm hoping that maybe it goes to show that maybe they do have a soul. <laughs> you yeah. know, maybe they're, they're so hard there. But I just hope that she's able to negotiate what's best for her because, um, you know, based on what I heard from what she's making from Twitch and, and, and other projects that she does, brand deals, etc. She didn't need WWE, you know what I yeah. mean? So for her to come back, I do know that WWE means a lot to her. So hopefully they come to a good understanding in which they can do that to her again. That's all I care about. And a lot of women in WWE, I, I think most of them make more money on social media and, you know, stuff like that than they do with WWE just because of the limited ring time and uh, what the pay is. So, um, yeah, I mean, as Lena Vega seems like she's doing very well on Twitch and she kind of stood her ground there. And so it was, I was very surprised to see that she's even though this has been kind of in the in the inner workings and in the tea leaves, I was surprised that eventually she was able to kind of come back because it did seem like a very ugly split. Yeah, and you got to give her credit because she has some balls. She said, I'm not going to stop doing it. You have people that have huge channels who completely stopped. I remember AJ Styles was, had a pretty big channel on Twitch. A few of them had a lot of success, success and they stopped. And she was like, no. So I was like, listen, let, her and Paige have some big balls. And they say, no, we're not going to stop. And good for yeah. them. Absolutely. So we have uh, another super chat from Barney. Wait for it. Wrestling for five pounds. You just know at an early 90s Anoani family barbecue, Jimmy was beating on Jay. Roman bossed them both, and Rock just stood there wanting no part of that. <laughs> I love that. See, I want to see a photo. I want to see, like, an artist draw, like, uh, an Anoa'i family cookout, you know, you get Umaga there, even, you know what I mean? Like, to all these oh legendary at a barbecue. And those Usos they used to do these features and stuff like that on YouTube, uh, all these wrestlers, and they have this feature of the Usos cooking. Those guys can cook like nobody's business in terms of all yeah. that uh, Hawaiian barbecue and whatnot. We have another super chat from Terry Allen Jr., and he's asking, Alfred. You've seen WWE 2K uh, development videos for 2K22. I have seen some of those promos. I think they've aired some of them, but uh, I have seen what it, it does look like a very visually pleasing game. It looks, uh, the graphics are good, but I will say there was a big controversy with the last 2K game that came out. That was kind of the death almost of that franchise where uh, they had all kinds of glitches and they had to keep uh, going back and fixing it. And I don't think they've still fixed it. So hopefully they do better with this franchise. But let's get to this main event. We have Jimmy Uso versus Cesaro. So we've got a very basic match. I think Jimmy looks good in here. I don't think he looked rusty. He did some high-flying moves. Yeah. Uh, the, the finish came where Roman Reigns came in. So, again, this is your number one contender going home against the most dominant champion they've had in years. So he needs to look convincing. Another DQ finish in the main event here at SmackDown. Uh, so then we have this argument with Jimmy and Roman. So, again, really building this tension between Jimmy and Roman uh, until Cesaro starts beating up Jey Uso. He fights off uh, Roman and Jimmy, and then he delivers two neutralizers to Jey Uso. And so, listen, they're doing what they can with Cesaro. WWE just seems to think that they have to be very picky with their wins and losses. I understand that they didn't want to beat Jimmy Uso in his first match back, but that mentality that I don't want to beat him, they don't have the match. Like, people should not be uh, – there shouldn't be disqualifications more than the wins and losses, like a solid win, especially leading up to a world championship match for Cesaro, who needs a win more than anybody right now. Yeah, I agree with you. The first thing that I thought when they announced that, I'm like, they're really going to have Jimmy lose on his first match back? And then my brain switched right into it's going to be a, a messy finish that way because neither one of them can lose, right? Um, I feel like the only thing that I have to be a little bit critical about is that I feel like every feud that Roman Reigns goes into, because we know he's not dropping the title, they're doing the same thing. Daniel Bryan stood tall over Roman Reigns two weeks in a row before the yeah. pay-per-view. Edge did as well. Kevin Owens. Like, everybody has had that moment right before the pay-per-view where you go like, hmm, is this going to be the person that actually does that? And it's just like, let him beat them up and then let him 
beat them at the pay-per-view too, or you don't have to do the same booking because right. I feel like we did, we got it with Daniel Bryan where we got one hell of a match. We're going to get it this Sunday. So you don't need to do the typical, oh, I'm going to stand tall at the end of the go-home show. So I don't, you know, so I don't look so bad when I lose. Um, It's the main event on Sunday, but I also wouldn't put it past them to have a messy finish on Sunday too with this Uso thing going on. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that will be interesting. I mean, I'm going to be more interested in what the Usos do in that match. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But that will be something that uh, they're probably going to. I mean, I actually think that Roman Reigns is going to have a pretty convincing win over Cesaro. It'll be a good match, but maybe toward he the should. end because they're should. building him up for something. Um, I mean, but, he just pinned Edge and Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania, yeah. so it wouldn't be a big deal if he pinned Cesaro, and Cesaro shouldn't get hurt from losing to Roman Reigns right now. So I want, I want to see a clean win, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, so Antoine Fair for five dollars says I really don't want to see Jimmy versus Jay. I hope that's not what they're aiming for. I would, I wouldn't mind seeing it. It's weird, brother versus brothers matches tend to not be as good. You know, they tend to not draw. I mean, I know you have Brett versus Owen, but um, you know, whatever they're doing with the Usos, I'm into. I really eventually want to see them tag team together again, and that's definitely where the end game is. But I wouldn't matter mind seeing a combination of any of these guys wrestling each other right now because I'm really into the storyline uh, much more so ever since Jimmy came back. Yeah, I we'll see where they go. I feel like there's so many stories that we could write here with them uniting with Roman, winning the tag titles, splitting them up. Like you can do so much of them, but I'm not gonna say that I don't want to see them fight, even if it's just once. I I, I want to see it, but we'll see where it goes. Right now, I like the struggle that Jimmy's going back and forward between like, oh my god, I hate Roman, but I need to help my brother, but my brother's not here. Like it's it's so good. It's so yeah. good. There there's so many ways they can go with it. We'll see. So Stellar Justin Lopez for $5 says, Lena hasn't streamed on Twitch in two months, and I believe she deleted her OnlyFans. And uh, that kind of goes back to like what Raj, I remember there was that story a couple of months ago where I think she accepted a booking, and but the word was that like she can't talk about what her next thing's going to be or whatnot, so it made it seem like she was going to WWE. And then, uh, yeah, the fact that she hasn't been on Twitch, I mean, they must have come to some kind of resolution. I really hope she got paid out of all this. And, you know, listen, uh, the kind of... uh, I don't want to say pro union, but the pro wrestler, like somebody who supports the wrestlers and, you know, the fact that I really do think wrestlers should unionize and become employees is a little disappointed. Zelina Vega could do whatever she wants and she, you know, can negotiate whatever deal she feels is fit for her. I will never criticize her for getting that bag, but I did really, and I still do admire her that she stood up against WWE for what I think is very important. Something that I just can't believe that these days WWE is still able to get away with that independent contractor designation. And she kind of stood up against that. So um, it was was a very serious thing, but, you know, good for her for coming back. But, uh, you know, I was really hoping she would also fight the good fight, but um, hopefully she's uh, able to be happy with her return for WWE. Yeah, we'll see. A lot of people also leave WWE in weird terms and they all end up always coming back. So listen, let's see if she does come back. And hopefully I would assume that because of what happened, both of them are going to protect themselves and come to an agreement that's beneficial to both of them. Yeah. So let's get into some news items before we go off of the air. Uh, a lot going on. So we just got uh, into the Selena Vega, so Selena Vega's return. Uh, but speaking of Selena Vega, Andrade uh, is also rumored to uh, make his return to pro wrestling as he has had talks with AEW, according to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Uh, Andrade actually does not have a 90-day compete clause. So wherever right. he signs, he could wrestle right away and he can be right back in there and show up. Uh, anytime. So I know we've talked about this before, Issa, but what are your thoughts? Would you be excited to see Andrade in AEW? I would. I think Andrade is an excellent catch for anybody that gets him just because of his age and he's in great shape and you can get so much out of him, right? He's younger than most people that other companies are signing right now and he looks the part and he's probably one of the hottest. Well, I guess Daniel Bryan is a free agent right now, but I, I wouldn't mind seeing him show up at Double or Nothing. I know that that's when Moxley showed Whoa. up. Like, it would be such a big deal for AW to make that their, their look who just showed up event, you know? Um, I'm just happy to just see him be happy. You know what I mean? And even the promo that he made for Triple A for Omega, like when he called out Omega, he just looks so much more confident. Like, he knows that he's a big deal and they're treating him like yeah. a big deal. So it's awesome. It's good for him. I would love to see him in AEW. I can fantasy book a lot of matches in there that I would like to see him. Um, hopefully, though, if he does sign, they start him up the right way. Like I said, I'm so happy for Miro right now, but I think Miro should have been in this position from day one. Yeah, so, yeah. And I, I hope that there's a plan. 
I hope yeah, that I part agree. of the negotiations are he says, what's my plan? What are you guys going to do within the six months? Right. Because, right. I mean, recently, I mean, Ray Phoenix is probably my favorite wrestler in AEW, and I he's been off television uh, for weeks now. And every time this guy got in the ring, he's the best guy in the ring. And even a guy as talented as him, they can't find any consistency with. So it just makes I me know. nervous for anybody who's kind of coming into AEW at this time. Uh, but, you know, if they have plans for him, and that would be a great moment at Double or Nothing, just like, yeah, to debut him there in front of a hot pay-per-view crowd. Uh, you know, that could be a lot of fun. I remember when AW was announced and the roster was like a whole seven people and you were like, what are they going to do with this? And now they're overstacked to the point that you're not seeing people, not just this week, for weeks at a time. Good for them. But at the same time, that's a little bit of my fear of if you're going to sign someone, I'm pretty sure they will take someone to Andrade's no. caliber. Seriously, but I'm just saying, I remember when Rusev debuted and we were all so hot for it. And listen, we're there now, but we we really, really took like, you know, when you put on Google Maps, like the avoid tolls route and it takes you like two hours extra to get there. That's yeah. what we did. That's what we did with Miro. <laughs> rerouting. It was just like rerouting for six months. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, we could have just taken the fast route, man. Like, come on. We could have taken the direct flight instead of making the three stops to save $10. Come on. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully they're able to learn from their mistakes there. Uh, but, you can um, tell I've been traveling. All my comparisons are. <laughs> <laughs> Your mind is just basically a roadmap right now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> So we have Chris Jericho is going to be out for four to six weeks. Uh, so that fall that he took, uh, that was subject of a lot of controversy, but he did suffer a legitimate elbow injury. So they have a pay-per-view, double or nothing, just a couple of weeks away. What do you think they're going to do to kind of cover for Jericho in terms of the stadium stampede? Oh, shit. I didn't know. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh my God, this is probably like the first pay-per-view that Jericho's going to miss with AEW, no? Yeah, I mean, it's trending to be. I don't know how they get out of this. I don't know if they do something cinematic, which would be kind of tough sell because, you know, yeah. people are paying money to go see this pay-per-view. I don't think you want to do something pre-taped with a guy that big of a star, but... I, I don't know. Maybe they do a story. What I think is going to happen, and especially if the plan is to break up the inner circle, which I do think the pinnacle is going to win it, um, double or nothing. I mean, it would be a really heel thing to do for MJF uh, to beat up Jericho or lay out Jericho or somehow the pinnacle locks Jericho in a room or something. And it's disadvantage. It's like a five on four disadvantage where the pinnacle wins. Inner circle gets to go, goes away. And Jericho didn't even get to fight for the honor to keep the inner circle together. Like that would be a lot of heel heat for MJF that I, I mean, no, you cannot have an event with fans back on the arena and we don't get to sing Judas. I don't think so. He's uh, going to yeah, come yeah. out and he's going to be ringside, sitting on something, protecting his elbow. Maybe that's when NJF gets his heat. But it has to happen. He has to come out. We have to sing the entrance song. What <laughs> are you thinking about this? How about they play the music where everybody gets to sing the song, but Jericho never comes out. He's, oh my God, like, because he's getting beat up. Oh my God. Up. And we don't even notice it because we're all too busy singing. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I hope he feels better, uh, you know, but I, I haven't seen blood and guts, right? So I feel super angry that I'm seeing all these mixed reviews because of the finish because I want to get home and put it on the DVR and watch it because I was invested. Um, to me, it still looked like a sick bump. Like he still fell from a pretty high up, like regardless of what he fell into, he freaking took the bump. Yeah. And obviously hurt because now he's out. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I do see Jericho somehow being involved or finding a replacement. And that replacement could be drum roll, somebody new. We'll see. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, Barney, wait for wrestling back on the chat for two pounds. Is there a money match in Jimmy versus Jay at SummerSlam? I, I would have no problem with that, especially if they yeah. told the right story, if uh, they built that up the right way. You know, as long as the plan is to kind of go back to being a tag team, maybe they get it out of their system. But I'd have no uh, problem with that. What was that? Did we sing the song? You guys sing yeah, the song? I do. I can't wait. I Listen, do. I will be in Jacksonville for Double or Nothing. This is breaking story. I'm thinking about it, too. I'm looking forward to it. So I want to – I will be very disappointed if I don't get to sing Judas live because that, that sound always looks like so much fun when people are doing yeah, it. Yeah, you can even do the song for him to come out and announce because I couldn't wrestle. I found somebody to wrestle for me, and maybe he can bring somebody out, whether it's a surprise, a new person. Regardless, you still give the crowd that moment. 
Right. And our final story of the day, this is a very kind of serious story that broke. Uh, so I'll you know, do my best I can with the subject matter. But uh, Sami Zayn was trending very hard today on Twitter. Hashtag we support Sami Zayn because Sami Zayn has been on Twitter very vocal, uh, making a lot of anti-Israel comments. Uh, a lot of Israel Authority has reached out to WWE, Fox, uh, NBC, Universal for comments about uh, Zayn's comments of denouncing Israel and uh, WWE has not responded. Fox, you know, WWE kind of tries to stay out of political uh, natures. They didn't mention Trump one time during his entire presidency, even though he is a WWE Hall of Famer because they just stay out of politics. But uh, this thing going on with Sami Zayn where he's making a lot of inflammatory remarks about Andrew Yang. He's being very vocal about what he feels there are human rights violations in Palestine. Uh, You know, we don't have to get into a political discussion of Israel versus Palestine. This might not be the platform for it. You definitely don't want to hear that conversation from me because as much as I try to educate myself on this matter, uh, you know, I don't, don't know if I'm at liberty to speak on whatever that tension is. But this has creeped into wrestling, Issa, where, you know, people are uh, reaching out to WWE to make a comment about this situation. A lot of people within Israel are very upset with this. But Sami Zayn continues to be very vocal on Twitter. And he was used tonight. Business as usual. Uh, I was very happy to see him. I did a stream on my channel before SmackDown, and I was wondering. I was I was saying my stream. I wonder if they're gonna use him, because if they don't, he's been he's been featured every week. So I had a feeling if they don't, that means that he's like being punished for this. Mm-hmm. Um, Sammy has never been quiet about what he stands for and what he believes in, and I just have so much respect for him in regards to that. There's so many things that he has done that you know, support things that people don't want to talk about or don't want to discuss. Like you said, I don't feel educated enough to sit here and talk about this issue, but I did see his tweet and I thought that was some boss shit. Like I was like, okay, Sammy saying, you know, like speak your freaking mind. And he has never been, he's never been one to be shy about something that he believes and stands for. And, you know, I wonder if sometimes he might have cost him, you know what I mean? Because of what he yeah. does for a living. But I think that's the reason why so many people respect him. You saw the shirt that, yes. the shirt that he recently released. Which I do plan on ordering, by the way. Yeah, so many people, wrestlers within the industry, not just in WWE, have bought it. And, and I'm talking about how that's their favorite thing right now because they support what he believes in. I'm yeah. glad he was used tonight. I was very, I had a lot of fear about it. And I don't know that they'll comment on that because I feel like WWE has been in weird storylines where, hey, why don't we talk about how Sami Zayn couldn't go to Saudi Arabia because of what, yeah. you know, because they don't want him yeah. there. So it's like, it's not the first time. And WWE deals with Saudi Arabia are a whole mess to begin with. And they don't ever comment on that. I don't know that they'll comment on this. I'm just glad that they're, they're using him on a title match next week. So it obviously looks like, Sami Zayn is not in any kind of trouble with them as of the moment. Um, listen, sometimes you have a platform and you want to use it for something you believe and you stand for, and that's what he's doing. Yeah, and no, uh, correction, Issa, 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 correction, Issa, Sami Zayn had vertigo. That's why he couldn't go to Saudi Arabia. It was vertigo. That was a storyline that they were plugging on Raw where they said that he had vertigo. But maybe that's what they'll say when they're commenting. They'll be like, we're sorry, Sammy has vertigo. He doesn't know what he's saying. No, but you're right. I, I hope he made this part of his conspiracy. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to end up on WWE TV. Can you imagine? Oh, man, WWE might start another war. But no, it's really good to see that uh, somebody like Sami Zayn, especially within the confines of WWE, who's not afraid to kind of speak out. Because a lot of beautiful things happen, like the Sami for Syria uh, charity. And he was doing this a lot during the pandemic when he was sitting home and he was uh, very vocal about how this country was handling this pandemic. And he did say a lot of things that I I felt like a lot of people agreed with. Uh, He said a lot of things that I uh, love kind of uh, learning from and agreeing with. Uh, But, you know, Sami Zayn is just kind of holding his ground and kind of shows his character. But I I hope nothing bad happens to him out of this uh, whole controversy, you know, because it happened pretty close to this. Maybe they just had their plan set in stone. So I'll be very interested to see how he's booked moving forward. Yeah, but I mean, he's on that match next week, and I feel like that's a good sign. Maybe he got a little like, "Hey, slow it down." But I, I listen. I anytime that anybody uses their platform for standing up for what they believe in, as long as they believe in good things or they feel the need to stand up for those that aren't being stood up for, right. why not? Good for him. I just, I'm just glad when I heard his music tonight. I was like, "Oof, good." <laughs> <laughs> well, let him on the show after all. Okay, right. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so you got anything to plug, uh, Issa, before we get off there? No, I started streaming again on my channel. I will be back to my normal setup tomorrow. 
Uh, I'm excited to be home. It's been an exciting two weeks, but I'm happy to be home. So go find me on YouTube. I'm back on there again. And uh, no, that's it. Okay, follow me on Twitter at this is nasty. I will have an interview next week with the Miz, and I'll give you guys a little tea. He told me that he will never break up with John Morrison. That's what he said to me, and he said a lot more things Good. to me during that interview. So very interesting stuff from the Miz. Uh, we'll have that on Forbes and Pro Wrestling. Did you ask him about Bad Bunny? I did. Well, I asked him about the fans. Yeah, we did get in a little conversation about that too. I hope that makes the article. But he did say we were talking about just basically the fans. You know, there's like a crossover of fans who there's a whole new uh, set of fans who are now yelling at him, which is pretty <laughs> funny because Bad Bunny has a very, very passionate fan base. So he was. Oh yeah. I mean, he seemed very uh, 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 like amused by it. Very. It, okay. it does seem very uh, cool to have to uh, kind of coexist with a different fan base. Uh, but do that and then go get the J. Cole album that just dropped today. And I'm very much looking forward to listening to it because I've been very busy today. But now I have the rest of the days free. So go download that J. Cole offseason. I hear it's phenomenal. Uh, and I'll see you guys. We're going to have a pay-per-view broadcast. I'm not going to be on it, but there's going to be a pay-per-view post-show this Sunday after WrestleMania uh, Backlash or after Backlash. We're OGs. So uh, keep it here and we will see you Sunday. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save